there we go we're back again for another episode of the beautiful mind game podcast with me hams from friday night counter attack and millie chandarana from the mad mentor um this is going to be a difficult one because the last couple of weeks we've been having a couple last couple of episodes we've been having some quite quite enjoyable conversations millie and now we're into something quite deep and quite fearsome as well so millie thank you very much for coming back on the podcast i just wanted to let you introduce the topic of conversation that we're going to be talking to the listeners about today yeah so uh hello again for another episode really good uh topic again today hmm. it is a bit controversial again fear so <laughs> yeah it's fear it's fear um I'm, I'm fearsome of this episode I'm, I'm fearsome of how it's going to come out but realistically I've, I've never been nervous for an episode like this so far Millie so just like I said off air it's going to be very difficult to try and overcome a lot of people's um talks of fear really but it's something that needs to be done it's something that we're just to dropping about. it in already aren't you from the get-go yeah. overcoming our fears <laughs> we've, we've got to overcome our fears there's so many people who have different fears there's phobias and everything to talk about yeah but yeah no, it'll be a good, it's a good topic it'll be a good topic because i think that i mean everyone's got them even if they don't admit it so yeah. i think we can go from the extreme to the to the little ones i yeah. have a few little ones i'd like to share with you um, I, I wouldn't know my little ones. I think little ones are like un, un, uh, unsubconscious to me. You don't have little fears? I've, I think I have fears, but it's just one of those things that I'll never notice it until... Like, one of my fears is, like, you know when you're on the motorway and you're driving and you have, like, people who just don't indicate and they'll just drive... Like, I'm just scared of, like, what if a driver does something bad? That's one of my... That's one of my annoying fears that I have. Like, you know when you can't trust <laughs> other drivers, you can see them, like not indicating or going between lanes or something like that yeah i wouldn't really call that as a little fear that's kind of dangerous isn't it it's so dangerous but it's something that because when you drive a lot you're just there like kind of used to it but when you kind of step back a bit and you're like oh yeah some people can't drive properly on the motorway and you see all of these like crashes and dash cams and everything that's something that i i kind of find fearful you know what i find just just as you were saying then when i'm driving because i'm quite a new driver i've been driving like a few months now yeah but I drive quite far as well don't I every day yeah and I'm on the motorway every day pretty much but Mm. when I'm driving now I find that I'm just driving but then when I when I actually think I'm in the car I'm on the motorway then I'm like oh my god like what am I doing Mm. do you know what I mean you you kind of realize you're on the motorway with all these other cars but usually like you don't even think about it; it's just automatic I it's found not, that really interesting. That was nothing to do with what we're talking about. Yeah, it's that nothing, interesting. It just had to break the ice for the listener as well, that we're not going to go too deep into fears, but also uh, take a bit of the mick out of one another in today's episode as well. But even me, it's like one of those things that my parents will always say, be careful on the motorway, be careful when you're driving. I'm like, yeah, 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 it's fine. But when, like, the wind that we've had previously, and it's, like, ridiculous how people are driving and people are, like, speeding up and slowing down and people drive at night without their lights and I'm just saying like all of that comes into play but you don't think of it because sometimes you're just like in your own world when you're driving on the motorway and a lot of times isn't it people are engrossed in their music in their podcasts and their radio shows whatever it is chatting with their friends and their family well it's just one of those things you just have to yeah then you yeah then you realize you're in the car oh (laughs) Yeah, oh, I've still got 20 miles to go and it's like 12 o'clock at night and there's like loads of people in the middle lane I have to overtake and there's really fast cars and that's it, middle lane drivers. I hate middle lane drivers. They're the worst. You know what? That might be me. I'm not going to lie. Seriously? I'm going to put it straight out there. That might be me. I can't, I can't do it. 
I'm just like just overtake, stay on the left, and that's that's like with me as well. Like when I go on the motorway, and I'll have it on like cruise control. I just at like, seventy, and you see people at like sixty-five on the third lane or sixty-five in the middle lane. I'm just like, like please, just don't. The worst thing on the M6, Millie, is when you have that uh, four lanes on the motorway going north, and you have trucks in the third lane. That's a fear for me as well because you have trucks in lane one, two, and three. Then you've only got that one spare lane to overtake. Yeah, yeah, I'm not keen on trucks. Really not, not keen on trucks. Yeah, really they, they scare me a bit. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's something I thought I'd throw up there in terms of um, little kind of a fear that could end up being a very dangerous fear as well. So hopefully, when everyone's driving and listening to this podcast, stay safe when you're driving and watch out for those little <laughs> drivers. Yeah, please stay safe. <laughs> please needs to be done. Uh, but no, Millie, I wanted to first ask you about your kind of definition of fear and how you would define fear um, going forward as well. So from being fearful as like a child to a teenager to an adult how would you kind of say that you've grown with fear in a way oh that's very interesting um great question let's start it off that way as well it'll be good um I think fear in a sense is alert to danger it's kind of like it's a stimulus response isn't it in our minds um to danger and I think it like everything I always go back to this (laughs) this topic but us in our evolution when Mm. we've evolved over over time we've always had fears and that was like a stimulus response to something dangerous something that was going to kill us essentially and I think over time as we've modernized it's become different things whatever it might be um I think that it's still like there it's still the alert to danger but sometimes it's kind of like it's probably not going to kill us Mm some things like for example when I was little one of my smaller fears and to be fair right now as well I've had over time one of mine is spiders and I know that's one for most like quite a few people and I just think it's something like when I see a spider I just don't like it do you know what I mean there's something in my mind that switches and I'm just like oh and then like when it's when the spider's crawling that's when that's when the fear triggers the response triggers do you know what I mean and that's a little one I've had for a long long time and yeah I mean I'm not sure why we get those fears if I know that it's not going to hurt me I'm not sure why we get them it's probably just protecting us or there's something in our mind that's created it and Mm. it's protecting us what do you think about that like fears that can't physically hurt you or harm you why do we have them it's that, I don't know, it sounds like a cliche, but there's all, there's been that topic of conversation of the fact that fear isn't even real. Like fear is just something that's just kind of brought up through your own mind and your own thought process and your own psychological um, consequences that you've had in the past as well. So I remember reading something about like fear is a thought process that triggers the fight or flight response as well. So fear itself is only imagined and it just it just it just is imagined because of it. it causes like stress it causes trigger responses in your body and your mind as well so kind of just like how you just talked about how when you see a spider crawl that triggers something different in your mind as well which yeah. is crazy but even with me like i'm scared of dogs i'll admit i'm scared of dogs i've got, I've got a phobia of dogs as, as a kid there was a dog that just really came up to me came to my arm I'm like, it didn't bite me or anything but i'm still like oh that's disgusting and then ever since then, every single kind of dog, I'll just like avoid. And it's, it's crazy because I'm just there like, nah, it would just trigger me when a dog barks or a dog runs. And you got that old saying of like dogs smell fear and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, I'm trying not to just stay in its way. But whenever you go to like a country park or you're in the, in the wild or whatever it is, 
I remember I was in Scotland a couple months ago and then some dog just like came up to us and was like, just leave us alone. And I was like, tell them, I was like, just, just get the dog away from me. And then they knew like, oh, it, though. They yeah. knew it, didn't they? Yeah, because it just came out of nowhere. and It just came out of nowhere in the woods, maybe. I'm just there, like, walking, walking up a hill in Scotland. And I'm just there, like, some two dogs just randomly come out of the woods. It's like, they're trying to chase me. And then the, the owner's like, oh, yeah, they're really friendly. I'm like, I don't care if they're friendly. Get off. So, yeah, if ever I've said to anyone I've got a, an allergy of dog hair, I don't. But it's just a way of just me staying away from dogs. So that's an exclusive for the podcast as well. So, um, yeah. And the cute ones you don't like. You don't like those really small ones. I find them annoying, the ones that just bark really loud as well. So I'm just there like, nah, not. Like, if, if someone has, like, a picture of a dog and they're, like, happy with it, then that's fine. But if they're in my own presence, I'm like, nah, it's cool. I'm not happy with it. I, I'm not happy with it at all. I remember going to my friend's house, one of my really good friends' house, and he was like, oh, yeah, I've left the dog outside because I know that you're scared of dogs. Like, oh, thank you very much. I was like, I needed yeah, that. It's funny though, isn't it? Like my cousin's scared of dogs as well. My cousin and my auntie are scared of dogs. Mm. It's funny how like groups of people have different kinds of fears. It's like with spiders, I couldn't care less about them unless they're like literally like on my body or anything like that. Like if I saw a spider now, I'd just be like, okay, cool, open the window and just like um, let it go out. Mm. I, I, I know that's rubbed you kind of differently as well, just looking at your <laughs> face. Like, oh, no, don't help the spider. Leave it alone. That's nah. the thing as well. Um, but no, that's kind of how I kind of, I've kind of seen fear recently as well. Um, I've kind of gone through that thought process of it's kind of imagined from your own self as well, because realistically, you could be fearful of everything and anything. I remember a lot of people who like to talk about being fearsome of um, past traumas in their family and people have never like gone through that same kind of way as well. I forgot where I was reading it, but it's like the fact that we've historical moments in their lives fear has just always played a part and they've always just stayed like in, in one mindset oh there's one time where some person from this this area of the country did something really bad so therefore I don't like anyone from that kind of part of the country or people like fear is just used in racism all the time to be blunt as well I mean if you just see that a lot of people just yeah. always be fearful of people of different ethnicities and backgrounds and unfortunately that's something that you kind of felt in in um in your day-to-day life especially me working in a workplace environment and different workplace environments um it's just one of those things that unfortunately is, is still the case nowadays as well yeah no you know what I've not even thought about that but you're absolutely right like you're completely right and I think it's a lack of knowledge as well mm. you know how they say a lot fear of the unknown I think yeah. that is massive in everybody Definitely. in everybody and I think that the lack of knowledge instills fear in people Definitely. Um, yeah yeah uh, I think that when someone doesn't know something properly or they don't know the ins and outs or like they're led by others mm. I think that's when the fear is created and I think it's quite a social thing as well and it can spread quite quickly it's mm. quite like go on do you think fear could be taught I think so from what you've just said yeah mm. I, I before this podcast I wouldn't have even thought about that but it definitely definitely yeah looking at it that way for sure um yeah I think it's it's quite <laughs> in the past there's quite a lot of incidents and as such that yeah. you can do you know do you understand what I'm saying 100% there was um a work colleague I used to work with back in back in the day when I first had my first job in retail and he was like a Unfortunately, he was a very closet racist. So his parents were part of like um, uh, the, these 
these big movements on racism and stuff like that in, in the UK as well. But his mind completely changed when he met me, which is really crazy because he never admitted any of it or yeah. he never told me about his parents until he like kind of left the job. So I'm like, okay, fair enough. So he's telling me about how, yeah, like for the first 16, 17 years of his life, he was told that um, Asian people are doing things in a certain way. Muslim people are doing things in a certain way. We don't want to mix with their kind. So he's like, we never really had any friends of um, that, those kind of backgrounds. But when he was working with me and like me and him were like the only two in the certain kind of job role, we're just there like chatting, getting along, talking about football, whatever. It's perfectly fine. And then he was like, oh yeah. Um, so he, start, he started talking to me about how he doesn't really get why people go into like uh, town centers and city centers and like try and promote their religion and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. So he didn't say it in like a malice way, but it's just the kind of way that he said it. He was like, oh, wh- why do they do that, Hamza? And I'm just there, like, literally, it's just one of those things that people want to spread, spread a, a good message across. And for people who don't use social media, for people who don't really get onto the internet, this is another way of them doing it. So you'd see them, uh, you see like people from the church talk about like Christianity, you see people from the mosque talking about Islam and you'd be seeing other religions as well in, in areas like Birmingham and Coventry and Wolverhampton as well in the in a different type, type of city in the West Midlands. And then he was like, what, what do you think about, um, he wasn't really blunt about it, he was like, what do you think about all of these chats about terrorism and ISIS and all of that as well? So I'm just there like, well, the people who hate ISIS and terrorists more than anyone in the world are everyday Muslims like myself. Like we may not be perfect, but we know we're not terrorists and we know that we're honestly not bad people. We can we can eat different food. We may do different things differently, but there's no way in hell that if we've got like at least one one million Muslims in this country, there's, there's at least 99.9% of them that just want to get on with their daily lives, move on, um, just get on with it really and be treated equally. And then that just that little little conversation just opened his mind completely. And I'm yeah. just there like no one told him this, but he had such a fear of difference in yeah. race and religion. So I'm just there like, yeah, no, it's, it's literally what it is. I'm like, you can talk to anyone here. You don't have to talk about their religion, but they're just like everyday people. Perfectly fine. And then I, ironically, ironically, he ended up um, having like a long term relationship with a girl of like Asian ethnicity as well so I'm just mm-hmm. like I'm just there like wow you've really t- turned 180 on that as well and it's crazy because I'm just there literally thinking like there's so much that people don't know about because they're just within a bubble within their shell of what they're taught within their own homes and within their yes. own families and it's crazy how people can be taught like that yeah no it's mental within their own communities as well mm. yeah Definitely I think it's a point about community yeah it dates back like it all the way through like us evolving as humans it, it, it's the same thing we're all like stuck in our own social bubbles almost and I think that whatever we're taught within them we're kind of if something different comes upon us we're kind of like yeah we've got a little bit of fear we've got a little bit of like we ask a bit few questions about them do you know what I mean we're not sure that's what mm. I'm trying to say we're not sure of it Definitely. and I think that's where it develops from and if you're not like open to learning different things if you're not knowledgeable of these things in the first place then that's where it comes from doesn't it definitely is definitely is me I 100% agree and it's again one of those things that comes from like internal teaching from whoever you're spending your time with and what your your social circle or your family circle is as well definitely. Um, just another topic another uh, story from my old workplace before we move on to our next topic on fear was basically 
um, there was a time when like um, a customer came in to have a look at like products and it was like near closing time as well so uh, unfortunately for a lot of people they didn't want to go and serve him but because of me I'm not doing this to kind of um, toot my own horn or whatever it is but I, I've never been that kind of guy to like judge a book by its cover or or look at people because of their race or religion or whatever that's just me like I, I don't see race or anything like that which is which is great and I, I implore a lot of people to follow that kind of mindset as well there's a manager that came up to me because he didn't want anyone else to no one else wanted to serve this guy and then he went up to um me and I said, like, oh can you go and serve this guy I tell him that we're closing in 10 minutes so I'm like okay cool um but instead of telling him that I'm gonna that we're gonna close I just had a normal sales conversation with him as well I was like hi can I help you with anything today He's like yeah I'm actually looking at um um getting a couple of things today I'm like okay what would you like so I'd like the latest MacBook I like the latest iPhone and I like a couple of accessories of the MacBook as well so I'm like okay cool that's fine and then um over the conversation, he's looking a bit more familiar to me. So I was like, okay, cool. So we sit down for the sale. And then my manager's like, is he really buying all of this? I'm like, yeah, he's really buying all of this. He wants to know if he can get um, any other offers or benefits. So he comes and have a chat. And then because he's not wearing his hood or his hat anymore, he's sitting down and we're going through the sale. The manager then goes to me. He's like, Hamza, do you know who that is? I'm like, no, I don't know who that is. He's like, oh, that's Kyle Yafai. He's a British boxer. He's boxing the Olympics and there's a very big, is a very big deal here in the West Midlands. I'm like, okay, cool. He didn't say it like that, but like, it was really big in, in, in the lo- for the local people. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I didn't change the way I was speaking to him or anything. So I'm just like, oh yeah, cool. I was like, um, how did you want to pay for this? And that kind of stuff. I was like, oh yeah, that's fine. I was like, by the way, my manager's a big fan of you, but he didn't want to have a chat with you. And I was like, oh, never mind. It's like a lot of people give us that kind of look when you come into stores and stuff like that. But it's like, no, it's fine. So then he... he um. He sent me like a signed picture and I think he sent me some signed gloves as well afterwards as well. So it was really nice as well. And do you know what? That's how I got into boxing. Like six months later, no, six Uh years later, I got into boxing and I remembered him because he was like, if you ever get into boxing, come to this boxing club and we'll come and train. So I'm like, oh, it's brilliant. So yeah, six years later after that, that kind of happened. But it's just the fact that when you don't assume something because someone's dressed a certain way or they look a certain way, Mm -hmm. your eyes open and you feel so much better about yourself as well. So that's something that I had to share about fear because other people had fear of what this person could do. He could have potentially looked like he could have stolen something or he's looking to cause a commotion or this, that or the other. My premonition yeah. is always another customer. Let's just serve him. We're closing yeah. in a couple of minutes, have a chat with him and then that's it. Yeah, I get what you mean. No, that's great. It ties in with judgment, doesn't it? Really does. It really, really does as well. Yeah. And again, that could be down to like how someone's brought up, how in someone's community is different to another, how to look at someone differently and how they're perceived in their own brain, their own subconscious is tricked straight away into thinking a certain kind of way as well. Definitely, yeah. When I was growing up, I'm, I'm a little bit about like me. I was brought up in kind of, it was predominantly white. It was a predominantly white area. Um, there are... A mixture of people now a mixture of different ethnicities everyone lives around here but when I was growing up my father is Indian as we know and my mum's English yeah and I think having both of those cultures even with my brothers I have two brothers as well and even they none of us see race yeah none of us see any difference me and my brothers I'm saying none of us see any difference but I know that's very different from when my parents were growing up here it was a very different life from what they've told me um and I think that change is massive like the fact that my brothers 
like are so inconsiderate like not inconsiderate they just don't see it do you know what i mean yeah we have loads of friends from around the world all three of us from everywhere and mm. it's not a factor to us at all but from the stories my parents said from when they're growing up in this area it's completely different yeah in and around manchester i would say it's completely different would would you say manchester is one of the first kind of hotbed cities where it just embraced multiculturalism as well so that's where that lack of fear really came in in terms of having different businesses from different uh, and ethnicities, backgrounds, religions, different um, uh, prayer halls, that type of thing. So you have loads of different, there's a big variety of, of religion in Manchester or well. London's another one, Birmingham's another one as well. But how did you kind of find that when you were kind of growing up, the difference in, I don't know, you saw a lot more of people from a certain background or a certain country coming through and you'd say like, oh yeah, it's quite nice. Um, to kind of learn more about them as well. Was that, was that kind of happening in and around um, where you were living, Millie? It's strange, you know. I think that when I was growing up, in terms of my high school, yeah. it was a Christian high school. It was okay. Church of England. Mm. And there weren't many people from different ethnicities. The majority were predominantly white, fully yeah. white. There weren't many. And I think that was kind of difficult because I know, for example, in London, my cousin who is a little bit younger than me, but not much, she grew up with all ethnicities in London. They were Greek, they were Asian, everyone, French, mm. everything. And I think that she is another one. She doesn't see race at all. But I think that growing up in kind of such a... It wasn't secluded, but it was. We was in a town that was very mixed, but our yeah. school was predominantly white. and. For me, in general, I don't see race anyway. It didn't affect me at all. But I think that the changes now are definitely, you can see them now. They're definitely for the better. Mm -hmm. um, and I think going back before when I was in school, I think that it was quite segregated. Like even now you can see the different communities in different areas of Manchester. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Not everybody's mixed. There are still different communities. And that's down to... The communities in themselves as well where they've settled and things like that and I think that I don't know it's, it's going a little bit deep but I think that there's still a lot of work to do and a lot of judgment to be combated let's say. That's a good way of ending it as well because in terms of like fear like all fear starts from kind of from what we've kind of discussed a lot of it comes from what you're kind of taught as well so the fact that your cousin had a very different upbringing to you, she would see things differently than what you would as well. And that's kind of the same with me, like me growing up in London, like even now I've got friends about different backgrounds and ethnicities and I've, and I've always loved it. Like you get like some of my friends now, they'll be like, oh yeah, I've just discovered Turkish food. It's amazing. This, that and the other. But then yeah. I'm just there like, oh, I've got like loads of friends who are Turkish. So whenever I'd go to their home and stuff and their food was fantastic as well. And um, it's even little things like when when you have family members from abroad as well, and you're just there thinking their culture and their religion is not religion, but their their upbringing is a lot different to mine, and they're not fearful of certain things that I would be fearful of, and vice versa in terms of like how to do things differently as well. And it's it's something that I've really appreciated over the last couple of years as well. I'd say, really, in terms of I'm not really fearful of talking to different people anymore like I used to when I was a lot younger not in terms of like being uh, from a racial point of view or a discrimination point of view. It's just the fact of 
fearful of talking to different people. Yeah, I know what you mean. Even in work, I wouldn't really stand up for myself as much. When I'm with my family, I wouldn't really stand up for myself that much as well. But then when it gets to a point in your life and you're kind of just there thinking, you know what, there's only so much you can take before getting a bit annoyed. And then when you get a bit annoyed, everyone's like, oh, no, he's going crazy. He's doing this, he's doing that. But when you kind of let people talk to you in a certain way for a number of, of years or a certain period of time, it really does just like ruin like your own self-esteem, your own ability to kind of do things. So that's what I'd say in terms of fear for me, in terms of when you're fearful of how you, you're going to come out as well as, as a, at the end of the day, as a man, as a woman, you want to be doing what's right for you. And at the end of the day, you don't have to justify what you're doing for yourself at the end of the day. If you need to stand up for yourself, stand up for yourself. If you need to argue back, argue back. And that's what some people really don't understand they're like oh no but it could you could get into trouble with your boss you could get into trouble with with this person that person but i'm like no if you don't stand your ground people don't respect you in that way and they'll walk all over you as well and that's something that i'm really happy that i've kind of discovered from my own learnings really the fact that you get to actually learn more about yourself when you think people are just walking all over you and there's only so much you can do if like i always used to thought no i'm a nice person it's fine i'll get over it but then when it all adds up it builds up it builds up it builds up you're just there like, oh, no, this is really taking a toll on me. And the other person couldn't care less about how they're treating me as well. So I'm just there like, no, it needs to be done where you've got to focus a bit more about how you're going to come across to different people. And that's that shown me a lot of respect. And I showed a lot of my, myself. A lot of people showed me a lot more respect. And I showed myself a lot more self-respect because I didn't continue to give in to fear. And that's something I needed to get out today as well. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, I think that's great. And I think it's great because a lot of people are the same. A lot of people are in the same boat, aren't they? Even mm. if they don't even realise it or admit it. Yeah. No, I think that that's really cool, actually. I would say that I'm similar to you. I think I've, I've mentioned it before that a little bit of my fear is kind of speaking in front of big groups or like not even big groups, like even small groups. I, I mean, you're, you're do, you're, like I said last time, you're doing it now, Millie, as well. So people are listening to you anyway. So it's perfectly fine. Yeah, you, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're nearly used to it. You're nearly used to it. So it's pretty good. Almost. I'm overcoming. I'm should, overcoming. I'm in the process. We should do a live <laughs> podcast soon as well. See how people react. We'll to that. see. We'll see. <laughs> no, but I, honestly, I get you. Like, and I think that goes down to the individual now, doesn't it? Like their personal fears. And yeah. I think for me, it's just something I've always had. And I don't know where it's come from, but I think it's because I kind of want to say the, say the right things and be right in what I'm saying. But I need to realise, like, it's all right to not be right. Do you know what I mean? And I'm kind of like learning that at the minute. You don't have to be right all the time. You just You just do what you do. Do you know what I mean? I think people have a fear of fail failure as a sense that's a massive one that's a massive fear people have and I think that's it kind of ties in with why I'm not comfortable with speaking in front of groups as such I mean I do it every day I do it literally every day for my work yeah. and practice I get more comfortable with it and I'm fine with it when I'm doing my job I'm completely fine with it but if it was something that I'm not quite sure about or something new to me I would have to like practice first and then do it. Do you know what I mean? I, I think, I think me, yeah. Both. I think the audience and everyone listening can really agree with you on that. Because if you're going to tell me about what's the best way to launch a rocket, I would have no clue how to present that. But if we're talking about um, 
who would you want to see starting in the England lineup in Qatar in 2022? I talked about that for like an hour or two, so I'm happy yes. about that. Perfectly no, fine. It but it's one. It's it's literally again. I'm using the phrase a lot today. It's one of those things that people can agree and they can really relate to what you just said as well, Millie. In terms of if you're comfortable speaking about something, you're absolutely fine. It will just come subconsciously, and you can continuously add to what you want to talk about, which is great. When you're talking about something you don't know, or when you're looking at a subject that you really aren't sure about, everyone can understand because you rather you're rather going to blag it, you're rather going to make it up, and then someone in the audience could then research it and think, "Oh no, this guy's full of nonsense. I don't want to listen to him." I then lose respect. It's always easier just to be honest instead of trying to um, blag it because you can always improvise when you know your things, which is perfectly fine. When you know yeah. what you're talking about, you don't have that that loss of um, that loss in your brain of like, oh no, I forgot what to say next. I can yeah, and you kind of yourself when you know what you're talking about as well, aren't you? You're yeah. just you're just yourself talking about it because you know it and you're comfortable with it, and that's what you do. Exactly, that's something that mm-hmm. I, I I really think is something that everyone will relate to in that in that respect as well, Millie. Um, but now I just want to talk about a bit something a bit more deeper in terms of how it kind kind of comes across in terms of being an adult, really. So for a lot of people over the pandemic. Um, unfortunately they were me me myself my, me myself included they have that opportunity to kind of rebuild themselves um, after going through a pandemic try things differently learn things differently as well but also on the flip side there's a lot of people who ended up losing a lot of um, I would say personal security losing a lot of money losing a bit of security in their home as well losing loved ones having more problems that they thought they would have because of the pandemic as well especially for people who started their own business as well. People who had to like really just survive and loads of people went out of business. It's really sad to see how it uh, went down in the United Kingdom as well. Because I'm just there that that's when a lot of people were fearful of what they're going to do next, how they're going to move forward. Some people had been in jobs for like 15, 20, 30 years and they have to start all over again. Mm -hmm. So this isn't something that you and I can kind of relate to because we're kind of young in that respect. We've always done something that well, for you, you've always done something that's really good for yourself and that's benefited you. For me, I've only just gone into that environment, which is great for me. But how do you think kind how do you think it kind of worked for people, Millie, in terms of how they have to make a new fresh step after being in such a mindset in, in such a routine for a good number of years? And I think you could probably relate this to when, unfortunately, when you're you're about to retire from football, let's say 15, 20 years time. Yeah, let's say that long. <laughs> let's say 15, 20 years time to be sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think it's I think it's massive, isn't it? It's affected everyone. And I think that the scale that it's on at the minute just Mm. reflects on how much it affected everyone. I think that um, in terms of like, just just like stripping it all back and stopping, stopping everything, that made people go crazy, didn't they? Definitely. Like, I remember I was in Italy and everything went into lockdown. I think it was a week or two before England. So we already, they said to us, right, everything's locked down we're going into lockdown tomorrow yeah and I think it was on my birthday as well so I was like what what do I do what do I do do I stay do I go back to England I decided to stay in Italy so we were completely locked down and to be honest like all my pet my family my parents were worried about me they were thinking oh you're going to be in lockdown and I, I was saying it's going to come over there in no time and it did and it was two weeks time and yeah, everything just stopped. And I think everyone panicked, mm. first of all. But 
from lockdown, you saw so many different things coming up. A lot of people, we kind of adapted because that's what we do, isn't it? Yeah. We just adapted to it. I think, yeah, people had worries over money and small businesses and things like that. And it's a real shame. Like they've had to really like sort that out um, and like either do something new or adapt it in a sense. And yeah, I'm really sorry for that. But I think that a lot of us kind of took on something new as well. Do you know what I mean? I think, for example, I started to do some drawing, painting, baking, as we said last week, things like that. I think we, a lot of us kind of turned it around as as a sense. Um, what was your kind of experience just to take us through it during the lockdown? Uh, so mine was kind of in, in terms of, I think we spoke about like episode one or two in terms of the fact that I lost my job. I was going through uh, depression. I was seeing a, a psych, not a psychologist, like a therapist in a way. So I was going through that in the hard way. But then it was a couple of hints and tips that they told me about, um, which I've also mentioned on the podcast about uh, counting your small wins. Don't try mm-hmm. and be perfect. Talk about it with different people. And another thing that I've not mentioned yet on the podcast was actually looking at the evidence looking at the evidence of what you've actually done and actually yes. realizing how you've done it and what you've done to do to get into that uh, situation as well. And another thing that I thought I didn't really know about, but it actually helped me. And we kind of mentioned it earlier before recording was taking time out for yourself. Yeah. Thinking of oneself. Oh yeah. I don't have a job at the moment, but jobs are going to, jobs are always going to be there. It's perfectly fine. It may not be the job that you want, but it will start and start to help you develop further as well, which is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Then, so was this in the lockdown this happened? First lockdown. Right. So first lockdown from like March to July, August uh, 2020, which, which was the case as well. And then, yeah, at the end of August 2020, I got a new job, uh, started in a new environment, moved out of my parents' home. And then it was starting to kind of benefit me and benefit my family in a better way as well, because I was appreciating my family a lot more. I was appreciating what they've actually done for me in the 25, yeah. 26 years of me living with them. And I appreciate that so much because you're just there thinking, they had to go through all of this when they were a lot younger than I was to live in a different environment, start a new job in a whole new different way, a whole new different era to yeah. what I was doing. So I, for, for that first couple of weeks, I'm just there like, how the hell did they do this? And with like a baby coming in like a year or two's time, incredible, mm-hmm. incredible amount of bravery. And that's something that I'll, yeah, to be truthful, Millie, I'll never really appreciate You'll never really appreciate what your parents kind of do. And it's quite sad in a way because you always want to like, like gift them things or show them appreciation. But for them, it was just, oh, yeah, it's normal. We had to do it. They, they'll never go around like bigging themselves up. Oh, yeah, I did this when I was your age. I did this when I was when I was that age. Incredibly brave. But they'll just be like, oh, yeah, it's just it's just what we know. It's just how we had to do it. Yeah. And it was also at a time when there wasn't really social media as well. So they would never be looking at like their friends or their family or their peers and they'd just be like comparing to one another like you see people nowadays like people do that with me they're like oh yeah but you, you're doing this and I'm doing this and I'm like yeah just do what you want mm-hmm. in life but that's how people do it but people are like oh yeah but you're in your mid-20s and you're going to university again I'm like yeah I want to do it it's like a career break for me that's how, mm-hmm. I've, that's how I've told a lot of people it's like my career break because people take time out of their jobs to go do something like travel or explore or just find a new hobby for me it's like just going back to university getting a degree learning about things that I want to actually learn about so yeah that was a very 
big thing for me. I wasn't fearful of it, but everyone, again, this is something that I'll talk about as well. Everyone was quite, not everyone, but a lot of people in my family were very fearful of what it could do for me and what it could do for my future for me to go to university um, at this age as well. The fact that mm-hmm. people thought, oh yeah, but you won't be able to afford a home in the next three years. You won't be able to um, financially afford things as, as you would normally do working a full-time job. You'd have to rely on other people um, to do this, that and the other. But I'm just there like, I can go through the next three years doing university, coming out better for it with a degree and with a better education, being recognised differently on CVs and everything, which is fantastic on job applications. Or I can do the next three years doing a job that I don't want to do, not in a better mood, not really learning anything differently, but getting money. And I was yeah, like, sure. out of the two options, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to take this risk of going into university, being different, being a mature student, Best thing is, when you're at university, no one really cares about your age. No one that goes, oh, you're 26, 27, 28. No one cares. You're just <laughs> yeah. another person. You're just another student to them. Yeah. And then when your lecturers are like, oh, yeah, I was a mature student as well, and they can relate to you, it benefits you so much because they're understanding what you're going through in terms of, oh, yeah, you may be a little late. Um, you, you may not be able to socialize as much with different with, with people that you're used to. You may not be able to afford um, all these glamorous events and tickets to go to different countries or watch football or whatever you have to prioritize paying the electricity bill in your own flat you have to prioritize getting groceries for the week as well i'm like yeah you understand what i'm going through and they're like yeah absolutely this is what it is and it's the dedication that you're putting in and that's when i'm like a lot of fear comes from your from your loved ones as well but it's more like worried fear in a way and that's why that's why i like to kind of say like fear is the mind killer Again, that's another film reference that Millie won't get for the listener. But no, fear, it's over my head again completely. But no, fear, fear is the mind killer. And fear is something that people who get talked out of things before they actually do it because of fear. It's actually such a robbery for not just them, but for a lot of people as well. When people get talked out of going into a different industry, when people get talked out of, oh no, you can't be doing this because you're of this ethnicity or you're only this age or you see so yeah. many people breaking barriers and boundaries in this day and age and it's brilliant it's fantastic and mm-hmm. i'm sure you and i can relate to more of that side than people who then just go oh no i don't want to do it i've been i've been told by my parents i'm not good enough or i'm not been told by my coach it's not good enough you yeah can probably relate to that as well Millie, in terms of no it's massive 100 percent, like, it's massive i remember that like for example in my position similar mm. to you as well I'm here and I'm playing football like women's football it's yeah it's increasing it's getting bigger in that but it wasn't a stable job until literally like three years ago Mm. now that is nothing so not having a stable job and being in the midst of it like I've chosen this as my career so far and it changes year on year so every single year I am scared of what's going to happen let's say like I don't know what's going to happen but I stick with it because it's what I want to do do you know I mean there's so many people that have said to me oh but you don't get any money from it like what are you doing what if you get injured this that the other and yeah maybe all those could happen like who knows but I'm doing what I'm doing now because I want to do it and it's the only thing I can see myself doing do you know I mean I kind of had to stick to it I remember when I went to Italy, it was kind of like, 
oh, but is this team even real? Like, what's going to happen? Do you know what I mean? I was on the plane and I was so scared. I remember mentioning it and I think it was the self-doubt one and it links in with self-doubt. Definitely. I was was on that plane. Honestly, I've never been so scared in my life. I'm not going to lie to you. I think I I was like 22 Mm. at the time. And honestly, like, there's nothing in my life where I've been so scared because it was a completely new country. But if I wouldn't have done that, I would never have known and I wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't yeah. be in this position right now. And I knew that I had to do it. Do you know what I mean? And that's kind of like a massive thing on overcoming your fears and things like that. You kind of have to face those challenges. And like when you're scared of it, you kind of see it as, like we said in a different one, you see it as a challenge or you see it as like a, a setback. Do you know what I mean? One's pretty negative, a setback, or you can see it in a positive light as a challenge. Yeah. And you challenge yourself and you put yourself, you expose yourself to it and you do it and you overcome it as well. And that's what makes you grow in, in a sense. Like you just said, if you had those, if you do these three years now, whether you do it at uni or whether you do it at a different job, it'll set you up for the next 40 years or so. Do you know what I mean? It's going to mm. take you down a different path and you've got to choose what's right for you. Yeah. In a sense, you've got to choose what you think is best and you know what's best because what's best is the one you get the most scared about in a sense Mm. you know what I mean and that's always the case the one you're most scared about the one you're most anxious about but you can understand that you have to do it that's the one you should do definitely my heart just skipped a beat there as well there's two types of people those that do that and those that don't and it all comes down to that fear doesn't it it really comes down to that fear because what I see is fear. Yeah, literally, I'm just there like, oh, I just needed to hear that. And I'm pretty okay. sure, people, yeah, people at home would have loved that as well, Millie. That was really well worded as well, really well put. But I'm just there thinking like, for so many people out there, they would always tell, they'd always have that thing in their mind, what if, what if, what if. And there's so many people that can just think about what they're doing during their lives and if they're really doing what they want to do. And a lot of people, unfortunately, they like to blame their children, they like to play blame circumstances this that and the other but for the people that don't for the people that just don't see it as a a hindrance and they just continue what they're doing it shows that there's so much you can do and there's so much that the world can benefit from your own personal skills and you're always developing when you're out of your comfort zone as well Millie we all know that when you're in your comfort zone nothing's happening you're kind of idle it may not be the best place for you but for me personally when I know I'm at the comfort zone. I'm always developing. I'm always learning. And it's, it's things that I learn straight away as well that I know never to do again or I can do things differently straight away, which is brilliant. And it's, it's quite nice that we've got to, we've got to this part of the podcast, really, just to kind of end it in terms of how would you tell the listener to get over their fears? If you had fears of rather phobias or fears from family, how would you kind of tell someone, you know what? You don't have to be fearful of this. You can do things differently. How would you tell the listener today um, how to get over fear? Yeah, great question again. Um, I think the first thing you've got to do is kind of know yourself. And I think that's really important. You've got to know what you're scared of, exactly what it is you're scared of. Are you scared of the actual thing or are you scared of, for example, what your parents might say about it? Mm. Are you scared about actually quitting your job or are you scared about the consequences? Yeah. Do you actually like your job or are you just scared about not having the money? You've got to kind of figure out 
what it is you're scared about and then you've got to understand the different reasons the different things you can kind of do to overcome it you've got to first you've got to understand and then you've got to kind of expose yourself to it uh you got to decide and then expose yourself Mm -hmm. to this kind of fear like for example when i'm overcoming something and i understand like for example on the plane i knew i had to go and i just had to like withstand it for that whole plane journey i was so scared and it was like two hours or something but i had to withstand it when i arrived i was scared but i just had to withstand it and then i remember the first training session was like two days later so for two days i was scared i wanted to go home but i knew i had to withstand it and go through it and then as soon as that training session came, i knew straight away that i wanted to stay do you know what I mean? There will be that breakthrough and you'll realise and you'll, you'll know. Do you know what I mean? By the way, the amount of times you talk about going to Italy, it feels like I'm actually in Italy sometimes when you're talking <laughs> to me about it in this small little place playing football. And I'm just there on that plane with you and I'm just there like, oh my God, two days waiting for training. I've literally yeah. just gone through it in like my mental capacity. Even after the podcast, I'm like, oh my days. So even now I'm feeling that fear of, oh, I can't, I can't even go on the plane and turn around it's not like a car journey we can go no take me home take me home literally yeah, there. That's what it felt like. I was stuck on that plane mm. and you're <laughs> I got like... there and then everyone spoke Italian I couldn't understand everything anything I couldn't understand yeah. not everything and you're just there like oh no but no it's, it just shows again incredible bravery from yourself as well and it shows that you had a fearful environment around you would it kind of it kind of was down to your own thoughts in a way the fact that it's just a different Definitely. environment it's not really a fearful one and then yeah. a week a month a year goes by and then it just becomes like a second home for you like you mentioned definitely yeah the fear of the unknown it was definitely mm. i think everyone's got to understand that as well like if we don't know something obviously we're going to be fearful of it but are we do we have to be that way we don't have to be but i think it's better to be that way is it more naturally thinking that you're going to be fearful of it like you know what I mean like if you were to move again to another country let's yeah. say if you were to move to I don't know let's say you're going to move to Romania to play football women's football in Romania yeah what's your what's your first instinct excitement fearful doubtful it's it's a strange one you know because I've always said like like I just mentioned before I think that when I am scared of something when I have that fear inside me I know it's the right thing to do hmm. like if there was a choice between doing one thing with one team or another thing with another team. For example, if I was going to a different team, yeah. I know, I understand the differences. Yeah. One team I might be like a bit like, mm, don't know. The other team I might be like, oh no, I can't go there. Like, what if I don't like succeed in it? I know yeah. that's the right one. Do you know what I mean? And that's kind of what it was like this season for me. So like, so I was, fear I was is like a driver for you in a way. In a fear, way, yeah. Fear is your motivator. In a way, yeah, it's kind of, I know that it's the right thing. Brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. No, it's, it's, a, it's a good way that you put that as well, because I was a bit confused on how you were talking about it, but that's clarified it for me. And I'm pretty sure the listeners can identify with that as well. When something's fearful in your mind, attack it. Look yeah. at the evidence of what you've done previously that you thought was um, yeah. something to be afraid of, and you've attacked it and you've won. Just continue yeah. to be in that mindset as well just got to be brave in it and put yourself out there and I think like going back to a little one going back to like talking in front of groups Mm. I've done it a lot more now I think I mentioned that I was going to do it I've done it loads now and I think 
yeah, sometimes I've been a bit, oh, don't know, it didn't go too well. But the more I've done it, the better it is. Yeah. And the more you practice it, the better it is. I think just realising it doesn't matter if you get it wrong. Like, it literally doesn't matter. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. No, that's, that's a good way of putting it. Um, but yeah, what did we do at the end of last week? We, t- we talked about one learning, didn't we, from the podcast, Millie? So what have you learned from this podcast today, Millie? Uh, let me have a little think. I'm going to turn it right around. Mm. You go first. Go on and I'll go first. Uh, I've learned that fear can be used in many different ways. Um, and it can, be, it can be taught in many different ways as well. From what we've discussed and what we, um, what the kind of avenues that we went down on our conversation, even before when we were saying, "Oh yeah, I'm a bit, bit nervous about this podcast because we don't know where it's going to lead us," yeah, that was fear in itself. It's fear in terms of, "Oh, I don't know where we're going to talk about it. I don't know what we're going to be discussing." But fear is something that I still think that fear is something that is is thought up in the mind because I think without without it being thought up in the mind you're just there kind of thinking, oh yeah, everything's fine. It's, it's, it's in a way a better thing for me. But fear can also be used as a, as a really good motivator, as a really good tool um, to develop yourself further as well. And that fear of failure, that fear of disappointment in yourself, that fear of not understanding things differently can be used to benefit you in such ways that some people won't use it and they'll just crumble under the pressure. So I, I think that's one of my big learnings from today in our episode of fear. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. Um... No, it's really good. And I think that one thing, just to tie it off, one thing that I've learned from you as well is about the judgment. I think a lot of people judge people, this, that, the other, because they are scared. And I think that's really, you have to remember it as like well. They because put that, their fears onto you. Yeah. And they kind of like create this judgment around things, around, I don't know, communities that they don't really know much about. Mm. And that fear develops into judgment. Yeah. But then I think that that comes down to the individual as well. Definitely. Um, yeah, I think that's something that I didn't really think about before this podcast, but I think it's great that you brought it up. And I think that bit was, yeah, really, really good. I think a lot of people need to hear that as well. A lot of people listening will need to hear about actually talking about your fears. I think that should be normalised a lot nowadays because you're just there thinking like, why keep everything in internal? Why keep it into yourself? Find someone who you can talk about, who can relate to it, who you even trust as well in a conversation. And it benefits you more than anything and anyone to talk about it out loud instead of writing it down or thinking about it because you don't want those thoughts to just whirl around in your head. Definitely. And I think the fact that fear, it doesn't have to be a negative thing. Fear yeah. doesn't have to be negative. Like you just said before. And like you about just it, said as well, it doesn't have to be yeah, negative at all. About it being our motivator. Mm. We can kind of spin it right around. Like it should be normalized. It should kind of push us on. We all have it. We all know it. Why is it so, don't know, taboo to talk about? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? I think that, yeah, just taking it and using it to, spur you on kind of mm. to do better things to overcome it to challenge yourself and getting out of your comfort zone i like to add that one in <laughs> that was a really really good way of, of talking about it as well really fantastic way of actually just talking about fear because even though we were saying oh yeah there's so much we can talk about fear we've kept it in a very positive light i believe and it's a very light-hearted way of discussing it for people who will be 
will be fearful of some things more than others and people <laughs> will see it in a different way as well so that's the way I've kind of seen it in, in this episode and it's been great to talk to you about it but realistically Millie I wanted to ask you one last question before we ended the podcast we both have to name another thing like we did at the beginning of the podcast about what we're actually fearful of like something light-hearted as well oh god um I'm fearful of food poisoning I can't even lie food poisoning yeah like you know how you see all of these like documentaries on food and stuff and how if things aren't prepared properly it could kill you in certain ways like eating certain types of cooked chicken people cook chicken differently and they don't know when it's cooked properly in restaurants that's awful for me when people do things differently with their meats and you're just there like nah it's not for me I'm I'm quite scared of that nowadays in terms of food poisoning because I've learned a lot more about it especially from our last conversation about uh, nutrition and diets as well you got yeah, me on yeah. that game changers Netflix show and I'm just there like oh yeah it's cool about vegan veganism and stuff like that but yeah, yeah. Kind of like from the flip side if you don't cook things properly or things aren't done properly or things are out of date properly especially when you're going into different restaurants that you're not sure about that's awful and I'm just there like I don't want I, like some people die from food poison I'm just there like that can't be me that's something that again it could be a fearful thing but that's something I'm definitely fearful of food poisoning interesting I've never heard anyone say that before I don't think no well, what was the me. first one first one was what um dogs, dogs. Yeah. Dogs. dogs. Dogs and the motorway. Dogs and, dogs and the motorway and food poisoning. Dogs and motorway and food poisoning. They're quite cool though. I've never heard anyone say them. Know about the dogs. Mm. Food poisoning. I've never really thought about it. But I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're protecting yourself. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, if anyone ever wants a dinner, I'll happily cook it and I'll cook it to to, to, to the tea to perfection. I'm good like that. Yeah. You won't In, be ill eating it. No, no one will be ill. Nice. I'm quite good like that as well. Um, go on. What's your nice little fear that you'd like to tell everyone that you can you know add what? to your list? Mine's another one. Mine's another quite common one. Mm. And again, I've had it since I was a kid. And I don't know why, but a fear of heights. Like I, I can gather that. I can gather that. But have you been when, anywhere really high and you've just been like, oh, yes, yeah, it's quite cool. It's fine. Yeah. It's yeah. Fine. So, yeah. So I've been to quite a few places now yeah like through that through the years and i've kind of like overcome it as such but still like when i'm quite high up i'm thinking oh you know when there's like no barrier near yes, you? yes yes that's yes, the yes, thing yes. and you like look down and my stomach kind of goes and i hate it oh no it. or like on a roller coaster when you've just got the belt on and there's mm. nothing there's nothing here you've just got the belt on and you're like at the top and you're like looking over that is when I can't I can't that lack remember, of protection that lack of protection is there yeah 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 and like yeah I've always had a thing where my stomach like flips when I'm mm. on like roller coasters and things like that and I remember once I was in Dubai and I for my birthday I went skydiving in oh, Dubai yeah. and it was like I think it was like 23,000 meters or something like that feet I don't know it was high yeah. <laughs> I don't know how high but it was high and I remember that I was scared when those doors opened and you've just got, I was strapped to someone, but he kind of, he said, when you get to the door, you've got to, I, my feet were on the ground and he said, you've got to lift your feet up, both feet, and you've got to lift your feet backwards. So mm. basically like just not have my feet on the ground and I couldn't do it. I got to the door and I could not lift my feet up. I looked down and like the, the whole of Dubai was just there mm. and it was like the sea and I just could not lift my feet up. 
and he kind of like had to like pull my feet up <laughs> and then we just flew out the plane but when we was out for like honestly like not even long like one second I was scared and then it was great yeah. but it's that initial like fear I was so scared <laughs> I think that would have been great to start the podcast with as well as well because that's got such a beautiful uh, metaphor of fear if you don't step out and do something you'd always be fearful on that ledge you know what that's brilliant <laughs> brilliant I, sums it up i should have asked for more at the beginning of the podcast but that no, is fine it's good it's a great way to end the podcast as well which yeah, is fantastic yes. um but no, everyone thank you very much for listening for this month's episode of the beautiful mind game um we're back next time with our review of series one so yeah next week is our review of everything we've learned in series one before we have a little break and then nice. we're back again for series two um, by the end of the year, maybe even before that. We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, Millie, any closing messages for anyone listening? Um, just conquer your fear. <laughs> Put yourself out there, be brave and conquer your fear. Thanks for listening again. Uh, I've enjoyed the season so far. It's been fearful. Yeah. It's Perfect. been fearful, but it's been good. It's, it's, been, it's been very good because... <laughs> Again, it's something new for us both. Different topics for us to talk to talk, uh, to talk about on a weekly ba- uh, weekly basis as well. But yeah, yeah. Got next week to the review. I'm Definitely. excited. Got to do my homework on them as well. That's going to be fun. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Take care, and we'll see you all soon. Goodbye. <laughs>